Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to another issue of Comic Book Tales. And this evening I want to talk about something it could be a little discouraging if you are a Marvel comic fan. Um, not so much a DC comic fan, but a Marvel comic fan. Uh, you're you're buoyed by the movie franchise. If you're a DC fan, you're not movie. You're not buoyed by the movie franchises. But on the TV, um, there's been some there's been some return to uh, not positive news. Um, Marvel's Agent Carter got canceled after two seasons. Uh, Marvel's Most Wanted, which was an attempted spinoff last year, which didn't happen. Again, attempted this year, didn't happen. Um, that's 0 for 2 on that one. It more than likely will never surface, at least not in the form it was given to the ABC executives. Uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been a steady performer. It's going to get a fourth season. But it, I, when you talk to people, I have, I have talked to a number of people who will go see the MCU movies who don't enjoy Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And while I don't necessarily understand that, I accept that those two audiences are not necessarily the same. Some enjoy it immensely. Some don't even go to the movies. They just like the show. Uh, I think it's, um, I think the lack of superpowers in a, in a grand scheme is what keeps most people away from the show. Yes, there are some, the Inhumans are some sort of superpowers, but it's not as, you know, the budgets aren't there. They can't do the same things they do on a movie that they can do on a TV show. So the budgets don't exist to make it exactly like the TV show or like the movie. So I recognize that. And it's also about S.H.I.E.L.D., which, yeah, you know it exists, but it's not the, it's not what's bringing you in. I know there was a comic series for a number of years about S.H.I.E.L.D., and Nick Fury has constantly been bantered around. But Nick Fury hasn't appeared in the show. And that's a problem when you're trying to connect that. You've got a secondary character who's real. I mean, I think he'd appear in one episode partially. But you're really appealing to people who are B-level S.H.I.E.L.D. people and trying to make it seem as though it's just as important as Captain America or Iron Man. So when you think about those things, should you be discouraged? And I, I don't think you should be discouraged because, let's be honest, I liked Agent Carter, but it was a niche audience. It was a totally niche audience. It wasn't geared towards everybody, even people who like superhero things. There was a tacit attachment to superherodom in Agent Carter, okay? It was basically a film noir, 40s-era cat-and-mouse spy game. There happened to be a little bit of connection to some weird stuff, some sci-fi type of thing, but it, it was really tiny in comparison to the larger Marvel universe. So... The expectation that, yes, you're going to see Peggy Carter literally in one movie, Captain America, First Avenger, and that's somehow going to translate into this huge popularity for this character, it was a stretch. And it was critically acclaimed, but not not really acclaimed by the fans. And I think that's where we've talked about this in the past. Something can be critically acclaimed 
and really not do well, and something can be do well and not be critically acclaimed. You don't have to have both, and typically you don't. Uh, sometimes you do, but typically it's one or the other. And most movie executives or TV executives would rather have the commercial acclaim than the critical acclaim. Critical acclaim is what you use to try to bump up commercial acclaim. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it didn't. And uh, I think that was I think that was inevitable. Um, I liked the first season of Agent Carter. Second season was a little less interesting. Um, even my wife commented the same thing. It was a little less interesting. Therefore, she's not surprised. She's disappointed, but she's not surprised. Uh, Marvel's Most Wanted, not getting a pickup. I think the premise wasn't well thought out. I think it was it was trying to duplicate Shield, just using a smaller cast, and I I just don't think it worked. It, I mean, everything I've read, I haven't seen the pilot, but everything I've read about it makes me feel like it was it was one of those me too's without an actual hook as to why we should care. And I think maybe the executives made the right decision, saying people don't care enough. Agents of Shield doesn't draw enough people that we need a spinoff. It's not CSI, it's not anything like that. It's simply the same thing, just even more underground than what Shield is currently. <laughs> so it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, should should that worry you? Eh, you hope they come up with some better ideas. But remember, these shows for. For the Marvel characters to be on TV is a tough one because it requires a lot of CGI. It requires a lot of money per episode to make this stuff work. And there just isn't the money there on the back end to say this is going to work consistently. Can we come up with stories consistently that are going to make this work? Marvel, for whatever reason, is much better as a movie franchise. And I don't mean just because of the success. I mean... As a movie franchise, it's much better. Uh, now, some would say DC did it with Smallville. Yeah, that, that series went on for, I believe, 10 seasons, and Superboy flew once in the end. Uh, that was a tough sell for me. I got bored of that series pretty quickly simply because he never flew. He never actually was Superman or Superboy even. He was just kind of there. It was really about the town and him trying to keep his secret than actually being Superboy. Uh, you get away with Arrow and Flash. And Flash has some CGI requirements, and so does Arrow, but not to the same extent that you're going to see from uh, a modern-day Hulk. You know, the 70s Hulk, you could get away with Lou Ferrigno dressing up in green paint and pants. But I don't think that would work in today's audiences the way it was. Uh, Captain America, same thing. Um, that's why S.H.I.E.L.D. works as it is, because it's, well, it's CGI, it's low t lower tech CGI than what we required for a movie type of version. So you couldn't see the Avengers. Um, now we're going to see the Defenders in uh, Netflix, but it's not the Defenders of old, it's the Defenders of new. It's going to be Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Jessica Jones. Um, it's not, it's not a CGI heavy um, defenders organization at this point. So, yeah, you're looking, you see those lower cost type of heroes who in the past you never would have, you really wouldn't put them on the movie. I mean, Daredevil was a movie, but it was not a good movie and it didn't work out well and Ben Affleck was Ben Affleck. So it didn't work the way it, they wanted it to and it works better as a series. Um, 
I think they'd love to do a Spider-Man series, but again, too much CGI, too much cost to do that. And he's a big property, so he needs to have his movie franchise to make it work. So I think that's where we're we're at with the MCU versus the, um, <laughs> what do I call it, the MTU, Marvel Television Universe. It, it's You're looking at much less cost overruns for these type of productions, and that's why those characters work. So I think if Marvel can come out with uh, characters or groups or individuals who work best with a lower cost budget, I think they can have some success. Now, they got to still have interesting stories, and I think that's the problem. Network TV, I don't believe, is where it's at. They need 10 to 13 episodes. Daredevil works. Jessica Jones worked at 13 episodes. You start to try to have to stretch that to 22, 24 episodes, and you've got Phil, which loses people. Make it something that people can get along behind in a shorter time span, and I think you're going to have success. I think you're seeing success when you do the 13 episodes or the 10 episodes. You don't have success when you see the longer longer series. And I, I like that about British television. I just bring that as an example. It, they're usually six to 10 episodes in a season. No more, usually six. I think it's a little short. Maybe 10 would be the ideal middle ground for everybody. But that way you can have multiple series that might last multiple seasons and at the end of the day may have as many episodes as two regular network seasons uh, I think you're going to see more success and I think that's where TV is going to end up we're going to have shorter seasons but more of them you know you have a fall season you have a spring season you have a summer season uh, and I think that's where you're going to see a bigger chunk of uh, the business being thrown in the future I think you're going to get less and less of these 22 25 episode at least hour-long products. Uh, maybe you can get by with that on a half-hour product, uh, sitcom or something like that. But on the larger ones, I think you're going to see the shorter time frames for a lot of this stuff because it's so expensive to produce that I, I believe you're going to have to shorten the time frames. But you're going to have to make them interesting. Peggy Carter was interesting to me, but Peggy Carter was not interesting to the vast majority of people watching TV in January into February. And that's the problem. You you basically had a year between seasons. That's a hard that's a hard sell um, when it's not on demand. When it's on demand, people say, okay, like on Netflix, I can just watch them all at once and I can get into it. Now you want me to wait eight weeks to see something I haven't seen in ten months. And and that's a that's a tough one. I think that's where ABC is owned by Disney. Disney needs to make some tough decisions if they want these properties to, to succeed. And I think that they do. I think Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got a shot on ABC only because Disney owned Marvel and ABC. I think if that hadn't been the case, if this had been pitched to any other network, it never would have been put on the air. I, I just don't, I don't think it would have been. And I think things had happened for years and it tried to pitch and it just didn't work. So I, I think that's where you have to have some hope that there's Maybe there's a, there's a Mandarin story out there. Not the Mandarin from Iron Man 3, but maybe a Mandarin from the actual comics that's not racist uh, in a portrayal. Maybe there's, um, I, I don't know, Gwen Spider. Uh, who knows? There, there's things out there, I think, that, that can fit into a TV universe that are interesting enough and the storylines are interesting enough. 
And I think they have to be closer to the mundane. And I don't mean simply, you know, petty criminals, but I think you have to have more more closely related to the things that most people go about in their lives on a daily basis. They can relate to crime. They can relate to vigilantes in the street. They can relate to drugs and things like that. Not a crime of the week necessarily, but an overarching theme that has interacting counters throughout the, the shortened season. I think if you can do that, you can make it interesting, at least for a time. I'm not saying forever, but at least for a time, I think that can be interesting. I think that's something um, most fans could get behind, myself included. You save the big, climactic, earth-shattering events for the movies and hope that that is enough to keep people interested in between movies with the TV shows. So the TV shows, in my opinion, are there simply to funnel you towards the movies. They keep it in point in your face that these characters exist, that this universe exists, and this constantly builds for the comics, constantly builds for the movies. They all, it's a self-feeding type of thing uh, where the comics create some stories, create new characters that are then incorporated into the TV shows, which then are pushed out into uh, the movies or at least tacitly discussed in the movies. Short, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done a little bit of that. Even the most recent episode, they re- referenced the Marvel, the Civil War with Captain America and Iron Man. Um, they've done better jobs of different things there, but I think this was something they had to do. And I think this is going to, when they get that all together, I think there has to be a coherent plan, much as they've done with the MCU, to make the Marvel Television Universe a coherent cognitive thing as it relates to the MCU. Uh, and we recognize that the, the um, comics don't necessarily translate to the um, to the television or to the movies, but they're at least there. They're at least providing a framework where this is Iron Man, this is Captain America, this is the Hulk, this is Black Widow, Hawkeye, whomever. This is who they are. Yeah, we've tweaked them. We've given them a little different look. We've given them a little different things they can do or say, but we're also, you know who they are. You recognize what they are, who they are, how they perform. That's important going forward so that we can say, okay, now we have a basis. Now we have a future. We can tie this all together. So should you be disappointed that Agent Carter was canceled? A little bit. Should you be disappointed that Marvel's Most Wanted has not been picked up for a second straight year? Probably a little bit because it took two good characters out of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mockingbird and Hunter. But I think that'll be reintroduced. There may be there's talk of having a time travel episode for Agent Carter to, to finish out her her storyline, uh, and she was actually killed in the Civil War here with Captain America. She died. She wasn't killed in the Civil War, but she died in that movie. Uh, I think it gives us a closure point, which I think is necessary uh, for the whole thing to come come full circle. But there's so many interactions on the S.H.I.E.L.D. side that you could spin a lot of that out into something else. Um, and, and I think that's what they're probably thinking so I think there's positives out there. I think there's things to look forward to, and I think you should be very positive about that. Captain America Civil War has done very well, has done phenomenally well worldwide in two weeks. Um, uh, I just read tonight that the Marvel movies have done over $10 billion in 13 movies uh, worldwide, and that's a pretty good chunk of change. And I think most studios would be pretty happy with that. DC, would, Warner Brothers would certainly take that right now, wouldn't they? Um, 
So there, there's positives there. There's things to work on. So there's there's areas of success and there's areas of opportunity. And the areas of opportunity for Marvel are get your television universe in order. Get your television universe in complete order. Get somebody like Kevin Feige who's running the MCU to run the MTU and to coordinate between the two and make it a successful franchise going forward. Because I think if you do that, you're going to see tremendous upswing and it's going to generate more sales for the movies and for the comics and more advertising revenue for the TV shows. If you can get a coordinated effort of phases that you can make work worthwhile and work for these people. I think Netflix has done a good job so far. So whoever's running that needs to be stepping up to ABC and saying, okay, we're going to incorporate this. I would love to see Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Iron Fist or Power Man, um, Luke Cage running into, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. somewhere. The, the crossover possibilities exist. They exist in the same general universe. Why can't we have them crossover? Why not make them feel like they exist in the same place? DC doesn't do that. Gotham doesn't exist in the same universe as the Flash or Arrow. Why? I don't know. But it doesn't. Supergirl does. Uh, Supergirl's part of CBS. So is the Arrow and um, the Flash, which are on CW. Now they're on CW going forward. Uh, but Gotham is on Fox. So it doesn't exist in the same universe. That's a bad idea. People know they exist in the same universe. Marvel's already got their hands strung with the X-Men and Fantastic Four. They got Spider-Man back. Why make it more difficult than it has to be? The answer is don't. Connect them because in our minds they're connected. They're not separate. Stop trying to separate them. Stop trying to make them separate universes and say, this is what we got to do. So let's do it because if we don't, we're going to lose um, revenue that we could otherwise have simply because we, we, we're we being pig-headed about this. Come to an agreement. Everybody wins when you have an agreed universe. Everybody loses when you try to separate your little fiefdom out of it and you get a little smaller chunk of the pie when you could get a much larger chunk of the pie. Just my two cents. So there's some positives that came out of the upfronts. There's some negatives that came out of the upfronts, but I think overall it's a positive, and it just gives Marvel some opportunities to work on. And they've got a great partner in ABC because they're both owned by Disney, and there's going to be some more synergy there than there should be anywhere else. Make it work for you. Make it work for you because I think you're going to see some positive things going forward. So that being said, uh, I'd like to ask you to check us out on HannahTreeProductions.com. Um, review us on iTunes at Comic Book Tales. Check me out at Twitter at Comic Book Tales. And give me your feedback. Give me some topics that you'd like me to discuss, some things you want to learn about, some things you're not comfortable with, or some things you are comfortable with. And we can see where we go from there. So thank you for joining me. I'm Chad, and I will talk to you soon. Good night. Good night.